0: Hello there, you're listening to SACITUP podcast by Sashwat and Oscar, where you speak with startup founders, venture capitalists, and some of the leading talents in the world. We listen to their personal journeys and share their stories that shape their worldview. Steve Nori is an award-winning technical leader specializing in data science and advanced analytics. He's the head of data science and AI at Australian Computer Society. And is an official member of the Forbes Technology Council. Steve has developed extensive computational and analytical expertise in a diverse range of application domains. He is responsible for the design, development, and evaluation of intelligent systems both in commercial enterprise and research contexts. These systems involve the management and efficient analysis of extremely large data sets, employing cutting-edge. Learning algorithms and heavyweight distributed resource management platforms. Welcome, Steve, to our 12th episode of SassyTub podcast.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, two million posts go up on LinkedIn every day. It may seem a mammoth task to carve out your own little space among these two million posts, but you are a proactive social media contributor and LinkedIn influencer in the AI and data science space. Your masterclass at NASCOM on crafting your data science brand really picked my interest so how do you manage your personal brand Steve?
1: managing a couple of different projects and uh, apart from your full-time job is not an easy thing and i can acknowledge that sometimes i get frustrated and can't actually deliver what I the quality that i want to but the most important thing for me is being consistent and keep going there has been a lot of different challenges through the last three years of my career, added a lot of different, I guess, side hustles. And uh, social media was one of the most interesting ones for me because when I started it, it was supposed to be um, a kind of side hustle, uh, something that I, I wanted to do for a very long time and share my journey or things that I like personally with the broader audience. It wasn't supposed to be a personal branding kind of exercise that you put your thoughts around the deliverables and how to make sure that you get most engagement. And it just happened naturally. And I started by sharing learning materials three years ago when I was a lecturer at university, just sharing it with my students and the social media. And then from there, when I started as a head of data science, I got more interested into different applications of AI. So I was also searching about the updates and what is happening in the world, uh, the latest applications and innovations, and then sharing it with the rest of the world. That's as easy as it gets. I guess the most important key message for anyone that wants to do the same thing, just make sure that you understand your focus and your passion and talk about that. There will be some people among these, I think it's around 500 million users right now on LinkedIn. So there would be definitely a couple of thousands of them interested into what you're talking about. That's good enough to collect an audience who, who shared the passion.
2: So, Steve, you just talked about it. You have been facing many challenges in your life and building your personal brand has been challenging. I would like to talk about a topic which I myself am very passionate about. In life, we all have to face challenges. We all have to face problems every day. And it's super easy to just give up, to say, I cannot take it anymore. I give up. At the same time, it's very difficult to say, I'm going to stay resilient. I'm not going to give up and keep my path, keep my course. What I would like to know, Steve, how did you develop your mindset or what kind of mindset do you have to say, I'm not going to give up? I'm going to face the problems and challenges I might have to face every day.
1: I guess the most important driver for me is that To understand that nothing is going to happen and get the results super quickly. Every strategy should be long-term. And... That's what we are missing in probably the recent generations when they play a lot of computer games and you shoot a person and you will see the results and your score will go up in a second. Or I don't know, in TikTok, you just post some something and get a couple of thousand people liking it. So you kind of get to, I guess, taste the instant gratification. And that's not the reality of the world. So the way I guess my mind works is just you will not receive any results in short term. So you just need to wait, have the patience, push for it and wait for the result. If it's not happening in a week or a month, it is just natural. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with your post or with your career direction. It's just naturally going forward and your resilience will make it happen at the end. I'm old enough to, I guess, tried this kind of strategies a couple of times. And because I received the end results a couple of times in my career and in my lifetime, I right now understand that it's going to happen anyway. So uh, I don't get agitated. I don't give up easily and quickly. That's the only driver. It's so, I guess, straightforward. You just push for it and you will get the result. It's just a matter of time.
0: So Steve, you are a data science expert, and there are so many data science projects which fail due to multiple real-world challenges. So what would you suggest data scientists and people running data science projects to be really careful about?
1: I guess it will be cliche, but data is the most important thing here. I've seen a lot of projects start before even checking if there is any data available. And they were just hiring a couple of data scientists and data managers and, I don't know, like a whole team. And then everybody is looking for the data to, to work with, which will cost a lot of money to manage a huge team looking for the data. So, starting small, the scale should be smart, small when you want to start. And ensuring that every little steps are kind of met before scaling up. Like you, you need to have your POC, the outcome should be checked if it is going to help your business and all these sanity checks before diving into a big projects with a couple of million dollars budget. And then I guess the other one would be the expectation management. The problem is that A lot of senior executives don't have a good understanding of what they should expect from an AI or data science project. They will be disappointed of the results after it is delivered. So it's a drawback for the whole business because when the communication is not happening in the right way, that disappointment will have a negative effect in the future of these projects. And you will not get the same amount of, I guess, support and hand-holding from the senior leadership, which is very important for the future of the other projects.
0: I think you touched upon hiring as well, and many would agree that data science jobs command the highest demand in the market. What kind of attributes or techniques should a startup working in the field of AI should follow while hiring them? Basically, what makes a good data scientist?
1: Yeah, that's a good question as well. Because as you just mentioned, a lot of people are pursuing this particular career. So we do have many candidates in the market, but then also we're facing the shortage in real skilled professionals. And that's a gap. It's a very funny gap that you have a lot of people waiting to get a job and a lot of startups waiting to get these professionals. So the problem, I guess, There are a couple of things that I need to touch. So first of all, based on difference between the businesses, the attributes will change. Like some businesses will have more focus on the business understanding and that kind of knowledge that is not easy to, I guess, obtain after joining the company because of the complexity of the business. So that's part of it. And also some of the businesses are closer to consultancy. So you need to have people that are open to learn more and explore more rather than just to stick with their own guns, that like whatever they already know. So there are different kind of attributes for different roles. But a lot of people also don't answer this question like this is what should happen because the easiest answer is it depends. I would say a good data scientist in general uh, needs to rely more on the softer skills. Things are changing super quickly, and a lot of different tools and and platforms are coming to the market or change the the, the whole way of working. So they need to be super quick into adopting the latest trends in data science. And the second major thing is to have a very good base foundation of the data science, I guess, topic, like if there is any stats or machine learning involved, then you need to understand the basics in order to be able to, I guess, use the tools. I Kind of don't agree with those that jump too quickly with the patching and stitching these tools together and get the results out, because then we will not understand why things are happening. And when we join a company and we want to do a little bit, I guess, work around the classic approaches or the projects that are already available as a library then we're not able to even think outside the box. Very short answer, softer skills come first and then basic foundation understanding of data science.
2: So Steve, when we talk about the latest trends and the things that change quickly, let's talk about AI a little bit because you're working in the AI industry for quite a long time now and you've given lots of talks about AI and machine learning. What AI innovations are you most interested in and why is that?
1: Personally, I'm passionate about those that are touching our lives more and closer, like medical and health application of AI is the one that I'm really fascinated about. Recently, I have shared a post about a new drug discovery using AI. And how amazing is this technology that you're not only changing the way that people used to kind of do this kind of experience and it would have been very time consuming, but also the application, the the outcome is directly uh, will impact our lives. That's, I guess, the most interesting one that I'm seeing these days. And it, it has been leveraged in different ways, whether in medical sciences and reading, I guess, medical images or directly helping running surgical procedures. All of them, I guess, together are kind of the most interesting ones for myself. There are others, technology for technology advances that that's also cool. You would see deep fakes. I love it. It's uh, definitely the most fun out of all these applications.
0: Many of the founders within our AI startup ecosystem follow you. And one of the founders of WeSense.ai had a question for you as well. He was curious that many enterprises in the world have successfully adapted or are adapting to text and voice-based AI solutions in general. Computer vision applications have also started moving beyond POCs and modern neural networks need lesser and lesser data to train on. What is the future of AI in general for enterprises and how can a startup utilize AI in the daily business to scale or to grow?
1: Yeah, the future of AI is a very interesting conversation. Although we are getting better at predictions using AI... But using AI to predict the future of AI, I guess it's going to be a challenging question. So I can just tell you a little bit of the obvious that definitely AI is going to be a game changer and more adopted in more businesses as we are talking about, because I guess in the last couple of years, most of the businesses understood and learned the value of AI to the point that they have invested heavily or they changed their strategies to invest into bringing AI into their businesses very soon. So that's definitely something very obvious. And with the COVID, I guess one of the, I can't say benefits, but one of the positive impacts of having COVID around, people started to use more digital assets and I guess more data has been generated, more footprints has been generated on social media, different platforms. We're watching Netflix more, enjoying all these TV series. and, And as a result of that, the recommender system is enjoying learning from us. That's what you're actually into. So that's all happening. And these data will be the best food for AI and machine learning algorithms. And I'm just using them synonymously. Some of my colleagues from university will say, ah, exactly, they're not exactly the same AI, machine learning, they have differences. Yes, that's true. But right now we'll just use them as they're pretty much the same, which I believe they're 80, 90% doing the same thing and yeah as i just mentioned the data will will be the major driver and what what are we seeing right now there are lots of Automations in the AI and in the platforms as well. You don't need to do all the work that you used to do to make an AI application being deployed. A lot of platforms are making our lives easier. So that's a good side of it. But at the end of the day, data scientists need to learn how to leverage these platforms and how to fine tune them, which will be, I guess, the next major thing for us. And I guess the other trend which is happening right now is a focus on data engineering and the data itself. Because as we can see, more automation in the, I guess, modeling and and more towards the end of the process makes a lot of sense for us to put more effort and investment In the beginning of this life cycle, which is bringing the data into the right platform, putting it in the right format to be fed into the pipeline. Then we can just see that uh, there would be a huge growth into demands of these. uh, Skills like data engineers are kind of becoming um, very rare. And if you want to choose a pathway, a learning pathway, I would say it's better to have more focus on the data engineering side of the uh, data science rather than towards the end of the life cycle. So that's pretty much what, uh, what we are seeing right now. In order to adapt it more for the businesses, I would just say a couple of principles, start very small, think how to accumulate more data from your users, how to incentivize them to give you more information. And it's not about forcing them to give you more information. It's about convincing them. It's about delivering more value to make sure they are happy to generate more data for you. For example, That's a really good conversation that I was having with a couple of my colleagues, like why we're only leveraging the user's data for ourselves, why we're not giving back some of these to the users so they can feel that this particular data will directly benefit them rather than us targeting them with a lot of advertisement for example let's say if you're shopping and collecting all your shopping information why not to give you a bit of information about healthy diet or how other people with the same age or maybe the same characteristics are doing the shopping or i don't know some something that will, will just make them feel the data is being used in different ways than just sales and marketing
2: So do you think for startups or for SaaS companies, it's going to be mandatory to use AI in some way, because otherwise they will be left behind and otherwise just will utilize AI and get like ahead of the competition?
1: So as a rule of thumb, if you can deliver value, not using AI... You don't need to force it, okay? So AI is not super easy to leverage, to implement and get the results. So if you want to see, for example, it's a photo of a cat or a muffin, then probably you can come up with some sort of if-and-else algorithm to do this for you, then by all means, go and do it. But if that's going to be more finite and more complex for human to code it and to maintain it, then that's that's the right pathway. But as I said, sanity check first, the POC, the delivering value, but never force it into your company just because you want to continue with the title of AI company or because you just feel that you're left out.
0: So Steve, my parting question would be that as an avid reader, do you have a favorite business book or a novel that you are currently reading or something that has really inspired you very recently?
1: There are actually a couple of books that I'm reading right now, and they're not business novels because uh, I receive a lot of books from my friends. They just write books and I'm, I'm super lucky to receive their books. And I can't just say I'm busy because I love to read all these books. So I I just follow with what I've received from my friends. And Dot Engineering from Andrew Burkov is the one that I'm reading right now. He's a good friend of mine. Also from Kaifu Lee, AI Superpowers is another one that I'm trying to just finish these two. And uh, to my friends, keep sending all these amazing books. I will make sure that I find the time to read them all.
0: Thank you for your time, Steve. Really love talking to you.
1: No worries. Thank you very much.